Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani, and as you all know, this show is brought to you by Navman. Now, I wanted to quickly talk about something with Navman. Now, it's not going to be about all their amazing products that they do have in the range, but actually, it's the trade-in program. Now, many of you may have an old Navman unit. You may have something that you bought a few years ago, and maybe it is still working, it is still doing the job, but it's missing some of the features. You know, I always talk about some of my favorite units being the dash cam and the GPS navigation in one. And if you want something like that, but you know, you feel bad because, hey, I've already got a navigation unit or I've already got a dash cam, it would be too early to actually trade in. Well, how about this? When you do trade in, you get 30% off, up to, up to 30% off, um, a new unit. So you could go in there and you could take something that's relatively old and go ahead and take that offer and get something with 30% off. Now, very quickly, I'm seeing if you've got a MyCam Explore, which is an older model, you can get 350 bucks on trade-in. If you've got the MyCam GPS, again, another older model, $209 on trade-in. You go to the Navman website, you follow seven steps, less than seven steps. You basically redeem the offer. You have to send the unit back they, they credit it and bang, you get a new Navman you know, product, whatever it is, whatever it is that you've chosen to, chosen to go for, bang, you go ahead and do that. So seriously, I think it's really smart. Don't just leave your old units in a drawer to just disintegrate into nothing. Get rid of them, trade them in, save some money on your purchase. 30% off at Navman uh, is a pretty good deal. If you've got an, an old Navman unit, get in touch with them and get started. Save some money. Head to navman.com.au, pick the one that you want. Tell them all about your trade-in and proceed from there. It's super easy and I'm looking at it right now and I'm, I'm telling you, go and do it. Get the latest and greatest. Be up there with the best ones. Let's get on with the show. Now, ladies and gentlemen, first and foremost... I have got the biggest surprise in my mouth at the moment. Um, I opened a bottle of wine that I bought from Costco, and it's the Costco brand wine called Kirkland. Uh, Kirkland, I guess, is their generic brand that they you know, label things with. You'll see it with like, hand towels and stuff like that. They do a lot of other stuff, but they also do it in the wine section. Now, the one that I've opened, and I wish I remembered how much I paid for this. It's just been sitting in the cellar for a little while. Uh, it's the Kirkland Cabernet Sauvignon, which is obviously a big, a big you know, favorite of mine already. It's from Sonoma. I love American Cabernet. It's always, again, another tick in the box. And it's from the Alexander Valley. Pretty cool. I mean, look, it's my son's name. I'm already excited. Pop the cork on that thing. And I would not, I, I just know that when I went to the store, there's no way I would have picked up a Kirkland bottle of wine and paid more than $40 for it. I'm pretty sure that would have been a red, a red flag for me. Bang, no way. You're not paying 40 bucks for a bottle of wine like that, knowing that I could probably get a St. Hugo or something for close to similar money. Anyway, whatever I paid for this, I'm going to be buying more of them. It's a really cracker red wine, um, and it's up there. Like, it is up there. I have no idea what I paid, so I, I'm trying not to be too gung-ho on this thing, but I'm getting its velvet scarf, super velvet scarf. And I've spoken about this before with, with Cabernets, really good Cabernets. It's like a long, delicate velvet scarf. It's so smooth. It's got big hints of chocolate. Like I'm sitting in a cigar lounge. Everything is just chilled. There's jazz going on. It's super nice. This wine is going to be with me uh, for a long time. It's going to be with me for a long time. It's lingering. 
I'm not going to have just the one glass. I can promise you that much. This is a really exciting bottle. It's the Kirkland Signature Alexander Valley Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, I need to get back into a Costco to check the price. But if you do find yourself in one, keep an eye out for it. Let me know what price you actually see it for. Um, I should just write it on the bottle or something when I actually buy them so I can talk about them better. But that is the wine I'm drinking. Now, let's talk a bit of tech. We're going to talk about a lot of technology today. Heaps of news from Google. Google's always up there lately. They're doing well with pumping out some good news content. News from Google, news from TCL about foldable and rollable phones. Imagine if it was a two-in-one. It is. We have an Apple event to look forward to. We're all going. It's virtual. Come along with me. We're going to talk about some of the rumors around that. What I think Apple will be announcing. I think there's some big things to talk about there. Oppo have another phone to talk about. Now, the reason this one's noteworthy is what it packs and for the price. Always about big, big value phones with Oppo. Uh, we're going to talk about Amazon. I attended a briefing this week about a new Wi-Fi product from Amazon. And I think it's worth talking about if you don't love the Wi-Fi coverage in your home. Stay tuned for that. There is a new exercise bike on the market. It is not the Echelon one. I think we've spoken about that one till the cows come home. This is another brand that is entering a very similar space, competing with live classes, training all on an at-home exercise bike, and printing. Do you still print? Do you have a printer? Do you hate the fact that you have to buy ink all the time? HP has a solution to that, and we'll cover that too. So it's quite a bit. Let's get straight into this. We're going to go rapid fire for the next 40 minutes at least. A number of years ago, at a Google event, there was a demonstration and a playback of a phone call. And I've downloaded the recording of that phone call, and it may mean that I have some copyright issues to sort out after posting this podcast. But I want you to have a listen to this entire phone call. I'm not going to give you any Sorry, context I around it. Understand. I love that Google just interrupts me like that. I'm literally about to talk about you, Google, and you decide to interrupt. We're going to leave it in. So I'm going to play you this recording of a phone call. Um, and I'm not going to give you any context. And I'll talk about it once it's finished. So how can I help you? Hi, I'm calling to book a women's haircut for a client. Um, I'm looking for something on May 3rd. Sure, give me one second. Mm-hmm. Sure, what time are you looking for around? At 12 p.m. We do not have a 12 p.m. available. The closest we have to that is a 1.15. Do you have anything between 10 a.m. and uh, 12 p.m.? Depending on what service she would like. What service is she looking for? Just a woman's haircut for now. Okay, we have a 10 o'clock. 10 a.m. is fine. Okay, what's her first name? The first name is Lisa. Okay, perfect. So I will see Lisa at 10 o'clock on May 3rd. Okay, great. Thanks. Great. Have a great day. Bye. All right. Now, what you just actually heard was the effect of maybe me asking my Google Assistant to book me a haircut. So you heard two voices. One of them was a human being. The other one was the Google Voice Assistant. In this case, it's, called, it's a system called Google Duplex, where it takes your request and does a manual job for you. Now, for a lot of people booking a haircut, you do need to actually call. They don't usually all have online booking systems. Um, they don't all have these kinds of things enabled. It's hard for businesses to do that. So what Google's doing is saying, well, we'll take care of that bit for you. We'll call you on your behalf. 
It's amazing. And it sounded so human-like. If you go back and listen to it, you'll even hear parts where the Google Assistant is effectively saying, it, it hums, it does some mm-hmm throughout the conversation to make it sound so human and non-robotic. It's obviously using your Google Calendar to make the, to make the appointment. It's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. And that was in 2018. There's been some changes since then. And eventually we're going to start really seeing this come to Australia and other markets. But they've now added a feature for restaurants. So if you would like to order food, maybe you want to have food delivered, maybe you want to book a table. But the integration with restaurants is extremely interesting because what they're effectively doing here is allowing you to order online. So you could be either um, talking to your Google speaker and saying, look, ring Pizza Hut and have me get me a meat lover's pizza delivered as soon as possible. And obviously, Google usually has your credit card details through Google Pay. Um, and it knows where you live because, hey, it knows everything. So guess what? It makes the phone call for you, orders the pizza and gets it delivered. But they're taking it a, another step further where with a full menu system, you could be going online and just saying, I want that, 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 that off the menu, hit submit, bang, Google goes ahead, makes the call, makes the payment and gives the delivery address. It's absolutely awesome where this technology is going. I'm not saying that I hate talking to people on the phone but there's nothing I try to avoid more than making phone calls to people. It sounds terrible, but it's real. Um, my birthday's coming up. My birthday is in a few days' time. I was organizing a lunch at this place um, that I wanted to go to to eat, and I literally went through their Contact Us page because I wanted to know if they, if they served alcohol at the restaurant. You know, could I get a bottle of wine there, or is it a place that doesn't have a license? I couldn't see that. So I, had to, I emailed them and I knew I could have called them and gotten the answer in three seconds, but I was happy just to email them and ask them the question. What did they do? They tried calling me to tell me the answer. I didn't get an email back. I got a phone call, which I didn't answer because I didn't know the number. So I let it go to voicemail. And then what, am I going to call them back? I didn't want to call them back. Anyway, I ended up delegating it to somebody to sort out for me because I just couldn't be bothered. But I could have actually gotten Google to do that for me. And that would have been a phone call I wouldn't have to make. And I could have got my answer extremely quick without even doing anything. So Google, keep going. I know I'm sounding incredibly lazy by that. Uh, but look, that's just the way it is. And if Google can take out some of those manual conversations for me, bring it on. Bring it on. In other news, TCL has announced a concept phone. It's a concept, but you know what happens with concepts? Eventually, someone goes and does it. So how about this? TCL has announced a foldable and rollable concept. It's a 6.87-inch phone that expands to be a 10-inch tablet. It folds as well as expands. So when I say rollable, imagine a screen literally unrolling. You know, you know when you roll up a bunch of paper? If you hold that circle part or the part that's rolled up and you just pull the actual end of that roll, it unrolls in your hand, right? Imagine that happening inside a device where on one side, the screen is actually going into itself and rolling up, but on the other side, it's pulling. That's what rollable phones are. Foldable, we all know what that is. It simply folds in half. So here we have an example where Something that's quite thin can fold. And then if you unfold it, you can also expand it, which gives you even more screen real estate. So we are starting to see this trend where we're going to move towards, well, why would you buy a tablet and a phone? You buy the one device that can transform. Effectively, it transforms. Imagine having an iPad that you fold in half and maybe even shrunk a little bit more, 
to become the size of an iPhone. That is the technology that we're starting to now see. So with TCL coming out and saying this is now possible, it's now back in the hands of either TCL to go ahead and do it, or it's in the hands of other manufacturers who we know probably work with the same display companies, probably have seen this technology as well, and could be doing this in the very near future. Could it be Samsung? Samsung's already been doing folds. They've got a number of phones that fold. Could they do the same thing? Make it expand, make it fold, make it roll. All these different words. It's absolutely insane. So here is TCL saying smartphone, phablet, and tablet. You know, take the smartphone, you unfold it, it's a phablet. You stretch it, it's a tablet. Amazing. Amazing stuff. And I cannot wait to see where that goes. It's, uh, it's, it's an extremely exciting space. It just costs a lot of money. And obviously, just like anything new, anything that's just come out, it's going to cost a pretty penny. If you can afford the Galaxy Z Fold, for example, it's about two or three grand. It's a lot of cash. So anyway, that is what TCL has revealed this week. I love the excitement that it does generate, and it is something that we have to watch this space on. Uh, so do stay tuned. But in the meantime, another sip from me, and then we're going to jump into this Apple news. Because as always, at around this time of year, we're waiting for an Apple event, and it's coming around the corner. Depending on where you do live in the world, you will either be waking up on April 20th or April 21st, and you'll be attending the Apple event. Uh, really exciting. We are literally talking about a number of days away, about seven days at the time that I'm recording. Uh, super exciting. I always get pumped up for Apple events. You know, they, they have a very good way of getting people excited, hyping things up. They release some weird logo for the invitation that makes people go crazy in terms of guessing what it is. No one ever seems to go back and see if you know, that image actually related to what they talked about. But we do speculate as much as possible when it comes to an Apple event. And in this case, no exception whatsoever. What are we going to actually hear about? Well, there's be a couple of things. We're probably going to hear about new versions of software, iOS, Mac OS, Watch OS. There'll probably be some changes to come. And that's normal. We, ha- we start to hear about some new innovations, new things to look forward to. Um, there's always going to be the software side. And that's fun because if you've got an Apple device, you've got something immediately to look forward to without even needing to think about buying hardware. You're going to receive updates and updates are great. But there has to be some level of hardware, right? We always expect that there's going to be something that we can touch, something that we can line up at a store for, something that we can smell when we open the box of. And this will probably be no exception. I genuinely think that we are more than overdue for an iPad mini update. The iPad mini at the moment sucks. It's old. I mean, it's got thick bezels. It's got a home button. It needs a really nice update. It needs some sexy thin bezels. It probably needs to adopt the, that square design format that the iPhone 12 took or the iPad Pro has. I think that's about time. And I really think that the mini market, the, t- the small tablet market, is a really good space to be in right now because people are reading more. People are spending more time on their screens. And if you can give them a nice device that's portable enough, and probably at the right price, I think you're going to have a winner. If you expand away those bezels, immediately you give people more screen real estate. And it could be that perfect in-between device or even just that perfect device to do your emails on in the morning, watch a bit of Netflix on at night, and even do some reading. Makes complete sense to me. So it's been about two years since we've seen a new iPad mini. Hey, it might be time. The other thing that I think we're going to start to hear a lot more about is Apple TV. The Apple TV that we know and love today is almost four years old. 
And it's crazy just when you start to think about, huh, wow, it has been that long. It's almost four years old. So guess what? There's a lot of rumors that there's a new one coming. The existing one is 4K. Do we need an 8K Apple TV? Probably not. It's probably not mandatory right now, but it could happen. Is there anything in the Apple TV that we wish it could do that it can't right now? Well, as an Apple TV and as a device of what it is, probably not. However, could they do a cheap one? Could they do one that is more like a dongle, that's more like a Chromecast, that's more like an Amazon Fire Stick that's inexpensive? If you think about the path that they've followed, when they released the HomePod Mini, rather than upgrading the existing HomePod, they removed it from the market and released a mini speaker at 150 bucks, which competed with your Googles and your Amazons to try and make you use Siri as your smart home voice assistant. Could they do the same with the Apple TV and make a small dongle at 100 bucks that everyone would absolutely gravitate towards immediately and decimate, or at least decimate part, of the Chromecast or Fire Stick market. They could probably do that too. But we're also hearing rumors on the other side, as in, what if the Apple TV could be so much more than just a TV device? What if it could be a soundbar? What if it could have a camera built in? Now, Facebook a number of years ago released a product that sat on top of your TV. It was called the Facebook Portal. Sat on top of your TV, had a camera built in, a remote control. You could use some streaming services on it, but most importantly, you could make video calls through Facebook or WhatsApp on this device. And I used it during the pandemic and the whole lockdown thing. It was amazing. But if Apple did this and they have a decent quality soundbar that connects to your TV, that has the menu system that Apple TV has, plus has a camera which you could use for FaceTime or that the camera could be embedded into other applications. I'm thinking fitness. Uh, I'm thinking I'm thinking other video conferencing services like Zoom and stuff like that. What if Apple released a product that could do all of that in one unit? That would go bananas because maybe in Australia we're out, we're kind of you know getting out of this whole pandemic issue and we're out and about now. But there's so many countries that are still in lockdown and they would love a product they could put on their entertainment unit and have FaceTime calls with loved ones, or have work-related calls, but from their couch. That's an opportunity. We have seen the Find My Service expand, and we've seen other brands uh, like Belkin and e-bike companies fold into that. Could Apple be finally about to release an AirTag? They need to do something. They need to have something that goes into your keys, and it has an Apple logo on it, and it means whenever I lose my keys, I'm going to be able to find them through the Find My Service. Will, will now be the right time to do it. We've heard about these things for years and years, and sometimes they come, sometimes they never come. The other area to consider is the AirPods. Again, we've had a number of years between AirPods releases. So yes, we had those crazy AirPods Pro Max $800 headphones. Okay, I have not seen one in the wild. But the AirPods themselves, and even the AirPods Pro, are everywhere. If you catch public transport, if you walk the streets, you see people wearing them all the time. It's time for an update there. I think the AirPods start to take a new model that looks like the AirPods Pro with the shortened stem. And then maybe you release a new AirPods Pro that just advances audio or that just does a little bit extra in noise cancelling. That could be about to happen as well. So huge things coming from Apple. I'll be up at the wee hours of April 21st, probably sitting in bed with my Mac and watching the event. Now, even if you miss the event, yes, you'll hear about it here. Yes, you're going to hear about it on other websites and things like that. I actually also encourage people to watch those events. You get all the information. 
that I would probably give you anyway. Um, but you get it presented from the horse's mouth. But what I really love Apple events for is the music. I think every Apple event that's ever happened that I've watched, I've gotten a new artist or a new song added to my playlist at the end of it. And yeah, I mean, Apple does some great stuff. They announce some really cool products. I get that. But being able to listen to music that you've never heard of or companies, no, sorry, artists that you've never heard of. I love that part about Apple events. It's just a little thing for me. I usually am watching them going, my God, what was that song? You jump on Twitter and you'll find out. You'll find out exactly what song it is. In fact, on Spotify, there's a play, there's a guy who creates a playlist from every Apple event. And that's really handy to go to if you want to relive some of the music that was there. So do check that out. But anyway, you will hear all about um, the Apple event, I guess, in next week's news episode. So do look forward to that. I'm pumped. I'm absolutely pumped. Now, I'm going to also talk about next week because, uh, as you know, we release an interview episode. This week was around Echelon. It was so cool to have the Echelon CEO and to have a instructor who I ride with uh, regularly um, also on the show as well. Next week, we're going to do a special type of episode, as in next week, all I'm going to talk about is Starlink. If you've not heard of Starlink, what Elon Musk has been doing with a global internet service, we've spoken about it in some respects many episodes ago. We now have it available in Australia. So I spoke to an actual customer of Starlink, one of the first in Australia. I spoke to them and we recorded a conversation. It was a short chat, uh, but I wanted to talk to her about her experience with Starlink. And I'm going to use that as part of that episode, but I'm also going to go into detail about what Starlink is, how you can get it, where it's available, and, and what, it, what it means uh, for the future of the internet. I think it's a really exciting space, uh, and you're going to hear all about that in next week's show. So stay tuned for that. Uh, that'll be coming out Monday, Tuesday next week, and then we'll have the Apple event. And then bang, Thursday, Friday, you're going to hear from me about everything Apple has announced. And if you don't hear about it here, you're going to hear it on some radio stations somewhere in the world. To give you some context, and this has been crazy, um, and this is literally me reflecting on my week because it's coming towards the end of it. Um, I have a full-time job and I love what I do for a living. I absolutely love what I do for a living. But as you may know, I've been doing a course through MIT uh, in Boston, and that's been pretty all-consuming of my evenings. And it has meant that some of my articles that I am booked to write have been delayed. Um, you may not see as much content, written content coming from me at the moment. It's going to come back. However, from a radio point of view, it can get pretty crazy because I spend time crafting what I'm going to talk about in each radio interview that I do. And this week, Channel News Asia in Singapore, 2NM in Newcastle, Hunter Valley, 2HD in Newcastle and Port Stephens, um, Hot Tomato in the Gold Coast. I love talking to Craig up there. Uh, 4BC in Brisbane. 3AW this morning um, as well. And 3AW has actually been twice this week and 4BC has been twice this week as well. But the amount of radio spots that I get to do is, is so much fun and I love doing that. And whenever an, app, uh, an Apple event comes up, heck, we're going to be talking again on the radio. And I expect a bunch of emails to start flying through that morning saying, hey, can you come on and talk about the Apple event? So my message to you is you can hear about it here or just stay tuned to my Twitter account or Instagram. And I usually try and give everyone updates as to when I'm going to be on the radio and you can hear it live and that can, might be enough for you. So stay tuned. Now, let's get into some more news. Let's get back into smartphones again. We're going to talk about Oppo, then Amazon, then 
crazy exercise bikes, and then we're going to finish on printing. I wouldn't have thought that I'd leave the printing thing till last, but I actually think it's quite interesting. So hang in there. I'm having another sip of this seriously really good Sonoma Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, good on your Costco, making a good drop. I, I really need to go back and look at the episodes where I've spoken about 5G smartphones, where we had the first 5G smartphone under $1,000, when we had the first 5G smartphone under $500. Man, it keeps getting better. It just becomes completely normal at this point. Oppo have announced some more new phones. And Oppo has been very good at providing crazy packages of phones with everything you could think about in terms of multiple cameras, plenty of storage, plenty of memory, um, wireless charging, and 5G at a very good price. And here we go, more and more. How about this? Oppo A54. It's a 5G device. It's coming at you at $399. So if speed is all you need, 400 bucks, guys. 400 bucks for a 5G phone. But what does a $400 5G phone mean? Is it actually a good phone? Well, I haven't tested it, but I'm pretty keen to get one in and let me know if you're interested in a, in a full-blown review on this. But 4 gig of RAM, not at the super high end, I'll be honest. 4 gig is kind of mid-range. I get that. 64 gigs of storage, pretty respectable, especially when it has expandable memory. And it has wired charging so no wireless charging it's an important point i love wireless charging so it's sad to miss that so based on that okay we're going to have a pretty pretty decent phone reasonable screen yes you've always got some things you've got to give up there's always going to be that little sacrifice along the way but again i'll go back to this point if you want a phone with a large display runs android does all the apps takes decent photos um Reasonable amount of storage, 64 gig is not nothing. It's pretty much the base storage of most iPhones still. Um, then at 399, you're entering the market. It, the funny part is that if you step it up a notch with Oppo's range, the Oppo has the A74. It's a 5G phone as well. It has six gig of RAM instead of four. It has 128 gigs of storage instead of 64, so it doubles your storage. Um, and it supports a higher speed charging uh, and wireless charging. It's a 5G phone, and that one is $449. So if you're happy to spend the extra 50 bucks, it's absolutely worth it. This is what you get with these brands like Oppo. They are absolutely punching, punching, punching at that mid-range level. That's why Samsung is going so strong in that space as well. You have to just, just justify whether you want to spend that little bit extra for the Samsung branding on the phone, or if you're happy with what Oppo is doing, and you're going to go and do it yourself. So fascinating stuff i just think it's always worth calling out when there is the value out there i've been saying for a long time that spending over a thousand dollars on a smartphone is madness um could you imagine i'm starting to get to a point where i might even say at seven hundred dollars anything anything above that is crazy because seriously what we're now seeing at below 700 bucks is bonkers absolutely bonkers now if your wi-fi at home sucks maybe it's good maybe it's not Maybe you've got more devices coming into your home than you ever expected. Maybe you're continuing to work from home. Maybe your kids are starting to get older. They're having their requirements for the internet even higher. This is not an ad. It sounds a lot like an ad. It sounds like I'm building up to an um, Orbi ad or something like that, but I'm not. This is an interesting one. I, I met with um, Amazon this week, and we were talking about their Eero 
uh, wireless routers. Now, you may not have known, but Amazon bought a company called Eero, E-E-R-O, and they make wireless products. So mesh Wi-Fi networks. Um, I use the Netgear Orbi system at my place. Uh, it's three units. So I have one main unit that sits next to the NBN modem. And then I have two other units that I use in other parts of the house to create a mesh network. It's like the Bermuda Triangle. Anything in or around it gets caught with Wi-Fi. What Eero has done is a very similar thing. A very, like, like seriously, very similar. Um, Wi-Fi 6 on board. So it's got the latest versions of Wi-Fi, meaning any new devices, if they're Wi-Fi 6 compatible, guess what? You're going to get the benefits of those speeds. Um, they have a very similar design to the Orbi system. It's quite impressive. The other thing that I do love that they added into this is Zigbee. Now, Zigbee for a lot of people, okay, what the heck does that mean? Well, if you have Philips Hue lights um, and other sort of smart home products, you may find that you've had to buy a hub as part of that setup where the hub gets plugged into your router and then your light globes or whatever it is that you're buying connect to the hub that actually plugs into your router. If you have Zigbee built into your wireless network, you don't need the hub anymore. So in my case, my bedroom, I have two lampshades and each lampshade has a Philips Hue globe inside them and I have to have a hub in plugged into my router to continue to make those lights work. Literally, you unplug that hub, lights die. With this, I could just have the mesh network in place. I wouldn't need the hub. The globes would know that I've already got a smart home hub built into the mesh and it would allow the setup to continue without having to plug that in. Really, really neat. What I think is especially cool, however, about this is that Eero, Eero 6 is the new one, um, works in a couple of different ways. You can get at 229 bucks just the router, single box, plugs into your NBN modem, whatever it is, boom, 229 bucks, you're sorted. If you need more space or if you need your Wi-Fi to go further, $199 per extender. So you could basically go in, if you live in an apartment, you could just say, well, 229 bucks, I'm going to get Wi-Fi 6 in the house. Fantastic. With your Zigbee built in and everything else. And then if you want to, you spend an extra 200 bucks for another extender. Maybe you need to get another one, get another one. If you're buying it as a three pack, it's 499. So I think it's a really smart thing to do. Um, really nice move, I think, from them. What is sad and surprising, uh, we know that Google have their own wireless mesh networks as well. Their ones have the Google Assistant built into each of those mesh networking points. And I think that's really smart that you can walk around in near those and ask them a question, ask them to turn the lights on, ask them to do what you need. And it's already built in. I would have expected that since Amazon bought Eero some time ago now, that these units would all have the Alexa voice assistant built into each router or each extension, whatever you want to call them. Um, I'm surprised that they didn't do that. Yes, it would have brought the cost up a little bit, but you know what? I think it would have been a worthwhile option to offer to customers to say, you know what? We know that these little beacons that we do have as your Wi-Fi extenders um, may not look great. They may be something you want to tuck away as, as in a cupboard or something like that. But let's put one in the kitchen and not be upset about it because guess what? You can now talk to it. It can play your music. It can be you know, part of the home and actually something you talk to. I think that would have been a nice thing for Amazon to do and perhaps capitalize on their you know, appeal around Alexa and everything else. So look, a bit of a missed opportunity there. 
But if you're interested in upgrading your Wi-Fi network, I think I'm going to get one of these to test because I, I would like to replace the Orbi system to experience life without Orbi and whether that really upsets me and I can go back. Um, but I'm going to probably put an Eero system in. Yes, it's a pain in the butt to absolutely go through and rebuild your Wi-Fi network. But the things I do for you guys, the things I do for you. Another sip coming and then we're going to talk about bikes and printers. Stay tuned for this one. It's going to be a hell of a ride. You've heard me talk about Echelon time and time again. You've heard the interviews. You've seen the TV spots, whatever it is. There is another brand that's entering the market. Now, it's not Peloton because we have mentioned that they're coming to Australia and I cannot wait to jump on a Peloton bike so I can actually compare how they are to an Echelon. There's another brand that came into the market with pretty much an identical type product and it's from Techno Gym. Now, if you've actually been into a real gym, this brand is everywhere. It's in most gyms. It's pretty much the brand that probably talks to gyms more than they talk directly to customers. They seem to be more of a B2B brand, um, but here they are going direct to consumer to try and put an exercise bike in your home. Techno Gym is coming out with a bike that looks like a Peloton or an Echelon bike. It's a very fancy looking exercise bike, but it has its own built-in screen. The Echelon EX3 allows you to provide your own screen like an iPad. Um, Peloton actually have the built-in screens as well. And here we have Techno Gym doing that. A 22-inch display, obviously a touch screen with live classes. You've heard that before as well. So live classes um, that you can join. You can also do off-bike exercises. This is very much just like Echelon is doing. But I love that there is another option. The UI looks really neat and really sexy. And I actually think that you will start to see this come to gyms more so than coming to homes. You can watch Netflix on it. You can watch YouTube. You can browse TV channels. You can do all those things. So again, the same types of things you could do on a tablet, Techno Gym has decided to build into their own screen um, for whatever reason they decided to do that. It's fascinating to me. I will tell you though, the, probably the biggest problem with the Techno Gym um, bike that I'm seeing, it's $4,590 for the bike. If you want to do the classes, you need to spend $40 per month for a membership. That's a lot of money. The um, Echelon alternative to that is $2,300, I think, and it comes with a year's subscription to all of the live classes already. Um, and I think Peloton is a, only a little bit more expensive. I think Esh, uh, Peloton is around that $3,000 mark. So for Techno Gym to come in at $4,500, that's a pretty expensive bike. And I mean, look, as always, if you're listening, Techno Gym, I'm super keen to give it a crack and have a try. But man, even Peloton here is coming off as a, uh, a better option from a cost perspective. Again, I have been talking to Peloton. If you're interested in that, I've been having conversations with them. I'm looking to get onto a bike as soon as next month. Uh, so I can start to give you guys some feedback on that. If you're not interested in this connected fitness at all, I get it. Eventually, I will have tried them and we can pack away and move, move on to other things. And in fact, let's do that now. HP. HP. I mean, look, I've been, in, I've been working from home for a while now. And the amount of times people have asked me to print and sign a document um, has increased. However, I don't use a printer. So when someone tells me to sign something, I use the Apple Notes app to do it. Um, or I do it through my Gmail account and there's a, a thing called DocuSign and I can just go and sign documents through there. And then I just email it back. I don't print. 
I hate the idea of having to print anything. In fact, I went to the football not long ago. I needed to print tickets to get into the game and I had to get somebody to do it for me. So maybe that, at that point I needed a printer. Anyway, if you are somebody who does print and you have issues with ink, because you know what's worse? When you do need to print, there's no bloody ink in the printer. Someone's been printing off all their holiday photos and you didn't get a chance to buy new ink yet. And then you've got to go to a concert and your tickets need to be printed off and boom, your printer hasn't got any ink. So you're knocking on the neighbor's door. They're not home. So you try the other neighbor. You have to introduce yourself, explain, live two doors down, ask them for their email address so you can send them the tickets to print off. You see where this is going. It's a massive problem. So HP wants to fix that. They want to do it with a subscription model. A subscription model for printer ink. Now, this is fascinating to me for a couple of reasons. Um, what HP is doing here is not what I imagined. When I say subscription model, I once did a subscription model for razors where you, I think it was called Dollar Shave Club, where effectively I signed up for a plan that I would get sent four blades per month. Why did I sign up for four blades per month? It was. And I would get sent four brand new blades per month that I could pop on and off my um, handle. And I would never have to worry about going out to buy razor blades. I ended up with a surplus of razor blades because changing a razor blade once a week is excessive. I'm not a werewolf. I mean, I'm a hairy guy, but seriously, I don't burn through um, razor blades in a week. That's a lot. So I ended up with an excess amount. So that's what I was thinking with HP. Well, maybe they're going to say, look, we'll send you a black cartridge and a cyan, magenta and yellow, whatever it is. Um, every three months, and that will be your, your subscription model. That's not what they're doing. What they are doing is asking you to commit to a certain amount of pages per month as an allowance, and they will make sure you have ink to meet the allowance of your expected printing per month. Now, does that make any sense to you? Let me try and clarify that a little bit better. The printer that they sell you will have what's called instant ink, and it will be connected to the internet. And suddenly your printer becomes something that counts how many pages you're printing per day, per month, whatever the case is, and you sign up to a plan. So for $2 per month, you get 15 pages per month. So if you exceed 15 pages, you can't print. You have to sign up to a larger plan. But as part of that factoring in of spending $2 per month, they'll make sure they ship you a new cartridge as and when it should be required based on. 15 pages being printed per month. This is what you see in corporate environments. Now, I do work in a very corporate environment. I work in an IT department. I've negotiated deals just like this where it's, it's basically charging per click. So what you'll find is if you were to print a document, and this is what HP is doing as well. If you print a document that has two pages of images and one page of three words, because maybe you're printing an email or document, you'll get charged for three pages. Doesn't matter what was on them. It could be one dot. It could be the letter I. That's still a page. You could print the whole page of black. That's still a page. So it's a click a click rate. And that's what they're doing here. So 15 pages per month for two bucks, six bucks for 50 pages, 10 bucks for 100 pages, um, all the way up to $40 for 700 pages per month. And then they just manage to deliver the ink to you based on your click rate. This is amazing to see. It's, it's scary in some ways, but it can actually work out to be really effective for a lot of people. If you work from home, if you do rely on a printer, if you hate having to worry about buying ink, whatever the case may be, this actually could be a really smart option. Again, this is how corporates do it. 
In saying that, most corporates actually don't have to pay the upfront cost of the printer because they commit to a click-through plan. So HP is not doing that. So let's wait and see. If you're interested, obviously, the website I'm reading to get my information from around this particular topic, I've mentioned them before. It's called Picker, P-I-C-K-R.com.au. I think Lee is an amazing technology journalist. He actually cares about people and he doesn't just talk from um, a puppet mouthpiece. He's a really good guy. You can read about, there's a lot more that he's written than I've explained on his website. Head there and check it out if you need more information. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, based on that, we're going to wrap up the show. And I will say thank you for listening. I will say thank you for receiving your tech update from me. Um, It was amazing to see a a new review left on the Apple Podcasts uh, review board or whatever it's called from Mellobeal. I take your feedback on board. And yes, I, I agree. When it comes to cheaper smartphones, does that mean an impact on security or privacy? We're going to try and get someone who specializes, a brand which specializes in the mid-range and inexpensive phones to talk to us about that. So I'm on board. Um, Keep your feedback coming. Let me remind you, I haven't even given out my phone number today. If you want to SMS me with your feedback, comments, questions, 0467-439-078. I look forward to your feedback every week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. It's my birthday on Monday but you'll still get an episode from me and we're going to be talking about Starlink. So stay tuned for the whole lowdown on that. Have a good weekend, everybody. Bye-bye.